the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Liberty in America is under assault. We no longer live in a reality that includes property rights. We're no longer the kings of our own castle. We no longer enjoy the true benefits of capitalism. Instead, we're negotiating our rights with our own government. This isn't how our country was founded. These aren't the ideas of our founders. It's time to seize back our country. This is the Liberty Hour, where these important issues will be discussed for the sake of America's future. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Constitution in the other, here's your host, Sean Thompson. This is the Liberty Hour, each and every week, where we discuss and dissect political talking points of both parties. But before we do that, I must say I am enjoying On Target Radio as a lead-in to my show. Are you? Not just because you look extremely tired because you're working twice as hard. No, that's not even half the reason. Which I find laughable. But it's not often I get to talk to a defense attorney and the conversation doesn't end with him handing me a bill. So that's very nice. Or no, begin we with him, uh, you know, relocating. We you. did the tra- right? we did the transition. Everything was wonderful, and they're great people. And if I didn't already have a concealed carry, I would uh, probably take the class. Although I was a scofflaw for about twenty five years, I've taken their class. It's fantastic. Oh, wonderful! There you go. Now I watched all the Sunday shows as I do every Sunday to prepare for what I think is the best uh, political talk radio hour of the weekend, the Liberty Hour. And um, I was all excited about seeing how they're going to, you know, at least they have to give him credit, Trump, I mean, for um, an unprecedented meeting with a North Korean leader since 1953. Unprecedented has never happened. You know, and I get it. People might not think it's going to work. It's more of kind of a love the fact that Rodman is lurking around somewhere, probably bringing the Dunkin' Donuts right up to the short fat guy dressed like Hillary Clinton. I was thinking they would take that kind of an approach, but no, no, no. Um, they wanted to just disparage and slander uh, the attempts of Donald Trump. Now, as you know, if you listen, and we're going to get into this whole thing later on with Trudeau, which, by the way, Macbeth, did you see during the interview when Trudeau's eyebrow fell off? Turns out he's got the Whoopi Goldberg eyebrows where they're not there, but they put the fake ones on. Did you see it? No. No, we're going to you know, get it on YouTube and we'll put it on the Facebook, which, by the way, you can watch the you, show. You do that. I just, geez, it doesn't taste. See, he's tired now. He's working overtime. You can watch the show at Sean from Elmwood Park on Facebook. Um, so... I thought for certain there would be one show that gave him credit. And sure enough, not even Mike Wallace's daughter uh, did it. Not even Chris Wallace praised Trump for what he's doing. It was more of just a a side angle hip check by each and every one of these Sunday hosts. And the other thing that I was, I think is big news, Macbeth. Big, big news happened on Wednesday. Dan Proft mentioned that he did a segment on it, which I thought was very good. But it's the real case of collusion that happened. And it's the Iran collusion with Obama and the releasing of the documents this week. 
in which it spells out exactly what was going on when Obama put together the Iran deal. And that's another thing. Thank God Trump got out of that Iran deal because it was it was really it was really a, 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 a decoy of what was going on in the midst of well, damage already done to a certain extent. The Bank of Muscat was laundering nine billion dollars at the direction of the Obama administration simultaneously with the deal being cut and being presented to Congress. If you remember during that time, that was a deal, much like a lot of things that happen now, by the way, for guys like me who want representative government, who thinks that representation is important. The Obama was uh, eight years was really a different variation of, of fiat presidential dictate, which is why I reject a lot of this with Trump. But if you remember during that Iran deal, this was something that was put together in a back office with none of the representatives really partaking in the deal. More or less, they were filled in after the fact. And then it went, uh, they stopped calling it a treaty and it became a deal because the president cannot, is not constitutionally granted the power of treaties. However, I guess throughout the, the, the two centuries of us having a country, they seized the more power of deals. So this was the Iran deal that everyone wanted us to keep and all of this. It turns out it was nothing. It was nothing but a magician's assistant trick. Here, look at the pretty girl in the bikini. That's not really what, where the trick happens. The trick happens when at the direction of the American uh, Really, the, the White House banks are being told to launder what was supposed to be $13.4 billion, but turned out to be $9 billion. That's aside from the pallets of cash that we delivered in the dark, dark of night. Now, I don't want you to think by any means that this is one of those shows where we have the equivocation game. Where, oh, don't worry, Trump took over tariff power, but it's not as bad because Obama did the Iran deal. That's not what I'm trying to do. What I'm trying to do is prove that while we're all being taken off into a side room and told that there was collusion between Russia and the Trump administration, turns out none of that really happened. There happened to be a, uh, a guy by the name of uh, Brad Perscali, who was just simply better at internet marketing than the Democrats, and the 60 Minutes did, a, well, I think, a wonderful expose on that today, tonight. Um, it turns out that the collusion that happened during all of the last, really, 12 years was between the Obama administration and Iran. And this came out on Wednesday, and there was little to no attention given to it. This, to me, is really, I, I mean, I hate to say the word treason, but you have a country that we've had sanctions against since the 70s that kidnapped hostages. The presidents, the last six, have had to deal with as a hostile, really largest threat to America. You could, you could put them in the soiree of 9-11. They're always at, at, in the OPEC cabal, whether they're, they're extorting us through, through oil production and through um, different weapons negotiations. It's always been Iran has been very hostile to America, has always been a major threat. And what we come to find out is that during the Obama years, they were assisted in becoming very, very wealthy. That the sanctions, that the penalties that presidents have put on for decades were, was simply circumvented by John Kerry, Barack Obama, and that Gregory Hines lookalike Rice. This constantly is being ignored now, now that we have what I think is an earth-shattering report let out by the GOP, instead of it being picked up as breaking news, which, by the way, everything was breaking news, this isn't breaking news. 
This, to me, is the biggest travesty. This, to me, is the prima facie evidence of collusion, real collusion. Collusion doesn't happen, isn't a crime, isn't really uh, anything. If, if, if a lawyer tries to make an appointment with a nominee's kid, that's not collusion. Collusion happens when your secretary of state, when the White House is working with an enemy of our state in figuring out how to circumvent a deal that they're presenting as a benefit to the American people. This, to me, is an absolute travesty. And the fact that it isn't the lead on every Sunday show means to show you they're burying this story. This story is buried. And when you're talking about the kind of money, the billions upon billions that were delivered to really this this theocracy uh, run by a few dictators, uh, that is the equivalent of somebody giving America $4 trillion. This is more money than their budget is for one year. This is really one-third of their total GDP that Obama helped enrich the enemies of America. So to me, that's collusion. And my question is, where is the FBI? So the FBI is investigating all of this Trump. We're spending tens of millions of dollars on investigating an accusation of crime. When what I, what I want to know is, where is the Federal Bureau of Investigation into what you now know is breaking news that the White House, the top administration, and the Secretary of State were working behind the backs of our Congress in order to wash and launder money to Iran? Where are they? Where is even the news? This is, this is something you hear on talk radio. This is something you see on websites. In order to get this information, I spent a couple of hours scouring different websites, getting a hold of the G- GOP report, but under no circumstances is this the lead of any news story. So the collusion really was between Obama and Iran, and then I think that the collusion cover-up was between the Obama administration and the news organizations. That's what was really going on. That's what collusion looks like. Collusion doesn't look like some two-bit wannabe KGB attorney making an appointment with a nominee's son. So I would love for things to kind of change where collusion was, in fact, uh, frowned upon by the government. And the only difference is it wasn't collusion of candidates. It was collusion between president and an enemy of America. That's a bigger deal than, gee, it looks like the Facebook ads for one Donald Trump were more effective than the Duchess of Chaffington. That's the difference. One is real. One is pretend and made up. This is the Liberty Hour. Each and every week, we have a caller on the line. Do we have time to take a Macbeth? No, we don't, huh? All right, well, listen. After we get, we're going to take the caller. We'll clean up. we got a couple more callers into the show. After we take these calls, we will then move on to... You know, because I like to start off on a good foot, Macbeth, right? We talk about Trump when he's right, and then we're going to correct him when he's wrong. So we're then going to lead into, did you fire me? We're then going to lead into not the eyebrow falling off on Trudeau, but the fact that we have a president who feels he has to lead the world. We have a world to run, I believe were, was his exact words. I find that very disheartening. It's the Liberty Hour. Give us a call, 312-642-5600 if you care to participate. Some people got to have it yeah, yeah. Some people really need it huh? Listen to me, y'all Do things, do things, do things Bad things with it This is the Liberty Hour Here's your host, Sean Thompson, on AM560, The Answer. This is the Liberty Hour each and every weekend. Now listen, I know it's late. It's 10 to 11, but I still think it's the best show on the weekend. And we have two of my favorite callers on the line. I'm very excited. I'm going to do Mike first. I love Mike. Even though we disagree quite a bit. Mike, 
What are you doing, handsome? Hey, good morning or good evening. Uh, great good show. show. You and McDuff or Macbeth uh, ought, to, it ought to be proud of matter. it. Thank you. I just, I just don't want you to fall under the, uh, under the control of the dark Sith Lord of the Republican Party, Dan Proft. <laughs> Dan always talks above people's heads. He's always talking about national stuff. You got to talk about the local stuff to get people involved. I'm going to do a whole remember. last segment on how I need Rauner. Rauner has got to step down. He's useless. No one likes him. He's ineffective. We all know this, but more nice importantly... Try, okay, hold on. Go ahead. Hold on. Let me finish. All right. Forget about Seven Foot of Stupid, Governor Lurch, uh-huh. or the guy running against him, who happens to be Buddy Hackett and Rosie O'Donnell's love child, yes. Just Blagojevich Prisker, Ooh, JB. Not enough Viagra but in Chicago say, for that combo, but go ahead. <laughs> What you have to do is you have to do four things. Remember what the local Democrats in Springfield and Chicago want to do. They hate the police and firefighters. They allow women to be sexually harassed. They allow school children to be sexually molested. They take money away from school kids who are special needs or special ed, and they want to use money to kill babies. Yeah. Is that the type of person you want to be associated with? You just, I don't think you so. just described Illinois, Mike. You know what? I read your comment, and I'm thinking to myself, I left out a lot of stuff in that in that lead-in monologue. I didn't talk about the Federal Reserve giving the specific license to this specific bank. Do you realize that? Think about what I was talking about. Not only was the president working behind the scenes to make sure that we could launder the Iranian money into dollars and euros, but the Treasury was actually given a license to a foreign bank to circumvent the very rules of a, of a treaty, of a deal, that they were telling the American people was good for them. That simultaneously, they're telling you, look, we got this deal, it's going to help us, they're going to curb nuclear spending, sanctions are on, and they're helping them circumvent it. I mean, this is mobster stuff, brother. This is fixing like, the numbers look, game. So, I Sean, think, you know, he came from Chicago. He's the Muslim money launderer. That's what he is now, the Muslim money launderer. He's easy now. We got, we got, yeah, we got to save Mike before he gets the the the, the Rosanna treatment. Mike, thank you so much for calling the show. I really, I love these guys. All in a row. Let's go to Tom. Tom, thank you so much for calling the show. Hey, hi guys. Good evening. Um, the reason I called Sean was uh, wanted to respond to your comment that President Trump said that we need to get on to the effect of. You know, fixing the world. I have a world to run. We have a world to run. We have a world. Why, why did Why did Tom go to speakerphone? Uh, uh, it's oh. all right. He's doing his hair. Hey. Tom, why are you on the speakerphone? Got your. I was probably putting on one of those. He wasn't hair. on the speaker. You ever see Tom's I... hair? Oh, he's got no. good hair, like Liberace. Yeah. Tom, get off the speaker and do me do me a favor, Macbeth. Play the clip. You got it. Play the clip. Uh, which one do we want? The, uh... I, I got a world to run here. I have been Russia's worst nightmare. That may not be politically correct, but we have a world to run. They should let Russia come back in. So I was gonna, we should have Russia at the negotiating table. I was gonna give I was gonna give Trump a half hour before I laid into him about this nonsense. Yeah, but then but, your ADD kicked but in. Then, you covered no, three Tom, the Tom, Tom understands my point. You know, it was funny, Tom. I was at a, a, a graduation party yesterday for two kids I love to death. And uh, there was a really smart kid there, a kid in law school. And he's all in on Trump. And what I wanted to remind them is, listen, when they start to speak in these platitudes where they have an obligation to do what's right, whether it be the economy, whether it be health care, whether it be to right a fictitious wrong of a trade deficit that doesn't exist. That These are the phrases 
of dictators and strongmen and overlords. And whether you agree with them on 90% of the issues or you disagree with them on 90% like we all did with Obama, the tactic of a dictator in a republic is when you know there has been a coup d'etat where the government has, in fact, stopped representing and has become very comfortable with the notion of ruling us. And the idea that now, you know, listen, Trump does some good things. He really does some good things. I just think he offsets it. I think one step forward and three back is still going in the wrong direction. Everybody wants to focus on the one step forward. I want to focus on the three back. And this this thing that he says gives you a little window into the psyche of not just an egomaniac, but of a guy who feels that he has the virtuous vision of which we're all going to have to sit in the back of the bus and be, be, be along for the ride. I disagree with it strongly. Well, I know you get it. And this world to run, we're hearing it now. And we, we heard, you know, uh, uh, echoes of that from the previous administration. And it, my comment is this, this power that we put into the American people put into the office of the chief executive. It needs to, it, I want to ask you, but I think it needs to severely be restrained and our expectations of it to be restrained because it, 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 we're a country of the people that Congress to, uh, I, I've heard nobody deals or wars. I've heard nobody but the reruns of my show <laughs> talk about the fact that the president doesn't have tariff power. He doesn't have it. It was a tradition given after World War II because they were too lazy, too stupid, too ineffective, whatever the case is. It's a tradition of Congress turning over its power. The president of the United States does not have tariff power. He doesn't have it. I'm sorry. You could word it any way you want, but it is not in conjunction with the the office, with the Constitution, with the restraints on the office. So I I reject all of it. And I know we're going to turn on show and host and everybody's going to be, isn't it great? He's writing great wrongs. But the, the reality is we can restore it if we simply strip away the traditions of ruining the structure of government. Now, do we have the will to do it? Not right now. And, and what, I, what I use as evidence is what is supposed to be conservatism today. Sounds a lot like socialism of yesterday. Yeah, you sure. cannot separate Sanders, Bernie Sanders' position on trade or Donald Trump's. And the problem is, yeah. you know who else is believing that now? Now Sean Hannity's of the world are believing it. So well, now, bingo. Sean, yeah. you're one of the, I'm going to interrupt you and I'll, and I'll hang yeah. up. But you're, you're one of the rare talkers in becoming rarer and rarer that, you know, that actually has a pre-2016 uh, view of conservatism with libertarian leanings and and uh well thank you i really appreciate your uh your intellectual honesty thank you very much i also have a pre-2009 tarp bailout of the very scoundrels that created the 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 implosion but i also don't want to use it as slip and fall lawyers do to believe that you can walk away from obligations so that's a fine line too now uh you actually let tom go but i was while he was still on i was going to ask him if he knew how long we had been doing this show for uh so it's a it's coming up on two years. Isn't it? It's it is. Crazy, and huh? you are still failing to turn your phone's ringer off. No one the heard show. the chirpy birds. Next time, next no time. No one heard the chirpy birds. You will you. be known as one-armed Sean <laughs> from that and point on. you know, on. I'm not supposed to mention anything, but I can't uh, keep a secret, especially we when know. it's about the Liberty Hour and the talk that we may, may be coming on in the morning <laughs> podcasts. Working it out with the people. I'll let you know. I'll keep you posted. Uh, how much time we got? I'd like to take Gary, but I don't want to cut him off. All right, let's go to Gary in Jacksonville, Florida. Gary, I'm a Floridian, too. How are you, brother? 
Oh man, hey, I'm uh, I'm thrilled to be on the show with you guys. I uh, Sean, I, I've been listening to you when you were uh, uh, a caller uh, on Bruce and Dan, and uh, you crack me up every time. Oh, I'm, thank you. I'm very glad uh, they're giving you a shot in your own show here. It's, it's pretty great. Thank you. Thank you very much. I hey, appreciate Gary's it. a uh, Chicago transplant. Yeah, smart. See, as all Chicagoans should call Liberty Real Estate Services. I'm a little further south, Sean but that's all right. From Elmwood Park. Thank you so much, Gary, for calling. What'd you have? <laughs> That's right. Uh, I, uh, I'm going to have to give you a call about moving down to Naples. I actually uh, got out of Jackson, or got out of Chicago when I had the chance. But um, anyway, to my point, um, being the uh, the uh, uh, cigar guy of, of merit in Chicago, um, I'm sure you're well aware of um, the situation in Nicaragua. And I know this is a little bit off topic uh, tonight, but uh, I wanted to know if if you had any um, any input or insight into um, what's happening with the violence there. I have a personal connection to Nicaragua and. Uh, what I'm sure a lot of your listeners or may or may not know is that what started as a peaceful demonstration of uh, students and pensioners in response to a hike um, in the uh, mandatory Social Security contributions, um, because their system is as broke as ours is, um, it really has kind of escalated into a mini civil war. And uh, the Ortega administration is um, basically running a paramilitary operation against their own citizens. And, and I wanted, I kind of have a two-parter, but I wanted to know what your thoughts on, on that were, if, if you uh, had any insights. And uh, I'm trying to, you know, as, a, as an American, I'm stuck here and there's nothing I can really do about it. But I was just wondering. We're, com- um, we're coming up on a break, Gary. Uh, off topic is Sean's bread and butter. So go, Sean. <laughs> he had to get that in. You don't understand. He shut my mic off to get that in. Gary, I'm, I'm going to do you justice. I'm going to answer that after we get back from the break. This is the Liberty Hour. I want to thank everybody from listening. But how about this? We got emails from Italy. We got callers from Florida. This show's going places, Macbeth. You stick with me, kid. We'll get you something for that enlarged head you got. We'll get cream or something. Liberty Hour. Call Sean now at 312-642-5600. This is the Liberty Hour each and every Sunday night discussing and dissecting political talking points. And I got to tell you something, but I love to get sidetracked, especially on questions yeah, about Nicaragua, because I like the Avo Nicaraguan Synchro. Right now, it's like my favorite cigar at the Elmer Cigar House. 6x60, shameless plug. 6x60 box press. It's absolutely delicious. But the one thing that Nicaragua isn't so delicious about it, about Nicaragua is that it really is, a, is trying to be that Central American socialist mix where it produces a couple of products, kind of like Venezuela, kind of like Chile, uh, just really kind of uh, it, it, it's, it's the... Can't, it's the spread of that cancerous socialism that hits South America, Central America, and even Cuba, where they they're just admit they're communists. The rest try to pretend they're not. So in 1979, right, the Sandinistas take over, and they've been fighting back and forth. Now they have Ortega, and he tries to run, ironically, a Nicaraguan protectionism. If you listen and you look at what the economic system is of Nicaragua, it truly is protectionist. Tariffs on trade only promoting exporting, high taxation on anything coming into Nicaragua. Sound familiar? Um, Also very, very big on social services. And exactly what the caller was talking about, which is now that they realize this is really, and by the way, what you're seeing in Venezuela, what you're hearing about in Nicaragua, this is a crystal ball into what America is going to have, what's going to happen in America. There's no question about it. Because what they're fighting about are the same problems we have here. 
their social their socialism of social security, their socialism of Medicaid, although their 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 medical treatment is just barbaric at best. But it's free. Everybody's covered, right? Just like Venezuela. Everybody's covered. The problem with it is it doesn't work. So ultimately, when a country isn't like America and can't just print its way out, which, uh, by the way, all you have to do is take a look at the U.S. debt clock dot org to see the fact that we're spending between Americans and debt and everything. We're, we're almost eight trillion dollars a year and that the, our, the major aspects of our government, what's going to really tear us apart are, are both uh, the free health care. Uh, that we pretend goes to poor people, or the free money that we pretend goes to people who put money away in some sort of a Ponzi scheme that we call Social Security. So what happens is these countries, sooner or later, when they can't print money, they have to do what all socialist countries do, is they have to go get the money. And when their protectionist policies fail, as they always do, because who is your war with when a trade war? It's on your citizens. So now you have to, they stop consuming. That's what happens. They just stop consuming. Their economy falters, it hiccups, and they go into a, a recession that lasts decades, as has, has happened in Nicaragua. And um, what they do is they go after the people's property. Because one thing that they, they cannot have in uh, Nicaragua or any other Central American, South American, or any socialist country is property rights. So they have to guise it as virtuous that they're going to take more money in your Social Security contributions. Which, by the way, if you don't think that's coming to a state, to a municipality, to a, a federal government near you, you're not paying attention to the issues. And the people start out protesting peacefully. And what happens is the government does what it has to do is it, uh, it squashes the protest because they don't want that protest to spread. Last thing they want are people articulating the fact that their system that they've banked on, that they've lied to the people about, that they've used as an excuse to tax the people, isn't working. So they need to crush that. That's why in this country, how many of these news shows you hear talk about the, the biggest problem in America is uh, Medicare and Social Security payoffs that we can't afford, that we don't have the money coming in? Why do you think the only answers politicians can't run on the truth here? Just like they can't run on the truth in Nicaragua. So the only difference is in America, we get to print our own money. Nicaragua can't print its money. It doesn't have a, a Federal Reserve system that keeps lying about bond sales, not telling you that nobody's really buying the bonds except your kids, your grandkids, your great grandkids you haven't met, that they're fudging the system with their banks. That's what's really happening. That's why when the banks get in trouble, the American government comes to the rescue and bails them out because they have to. They have to prop up their, their cohorts. They have to keep the scam alive, right? Nobody cares where the bonds go just so we print them up and we pretend they're sold. Nobody really wants to focus on the fact Social Security is now what it has always been, a Ponzi scheme that doesn't work. It's an excuse for taxation today on a promise to stiff you in the future. That's why they make it so hard to fill out. Right? That's why they, they don't want to tell you how many people pay into the system all their lives and die without collecting a penny. They also don't want to regulate it. They don't want to focus on the fact, why do we have rich people on Social Security? You ever wonder that? What the hell does a guy with a net worth of $5, $10, 15000000 million have any business collecting Social Security? And then, and then what do you do? You talk about it. I paid into the system. You paid into nothing. You were taxed. The money went nowhere. It was never invested. It's all a lie. But people want to wrap themselves in that lie. They're comfortable. And then you point to these countries where the reality is happening. Nicaragua, all that's happening is the reality of failed socialism. 
just as it's happening in Venezuela, just as it's happening here in America, only we don't want to look at those numbers. So how, far talk- you, how far do you think it has to go before Social Security hits the uh, rock bottom point? It's at the bottom. You pretend it's going no, to be bankrupt. No, not with the population. Oh, they, they give you the nonsense. Oh, it's going to be bankrupt in eight years. It's been bankrupt for 60 I'll years. I'll ask the next segment. It's always a scam. It's an absolute scam. And the answer is, let me out. You owe me nothing. Let it start with one person. And you'll see it break apart. This is the Liberty Hour. We'll be back after these messages. 312-642-5600. You're listening to the Liberty Hour with Sean Thompson. Get on the line with Sean by calling 312-642-5600. Oh, yeah. Our music's stepping up and everything here, Macbeth. This show's going places, kid. So listen, uh, Macbeth asked the question, when do I think it's going to end? When you look at, when you well, add... that that was a extremely half-assed yeah. uh, summation there. Yeah, that was... that was. Well, yeah. here's my point. No, no, when, well, you look, well, here, when you look at the U.S. debt clock... When, when you will look, Social Security Ponzi scheme get to the Madoff point? Well, when will it get to the point that people who are either paying into the system or voting for those who keep saying they're going to fix it and don't actually realize that this is all just... A mess. And it's going to be a mess forever. I, th- I think they're going to believe the noble lie until they're all so deep in the Until the checks stop keep, coming? Yeah, here, look. We looked at that. I was pointing out to you in our, in, during the break. When you add up all of the debt between all of us people, all of our yeah. businesses, right, and our government. You know, I know we don't talk about the $21 trillion, So your mortgage, your credit cards, you business up. debt. It's $71 trillion. That's nothing. At $21 trillion, if you seized all the money on the planet, you can't pay it. So my point, it's, it's way past the point of no return, but more importantly, we're to, the, we're to the end of the road where the people want to believe that it doesn't matter anymore. And that's why when, when you know, Trump says it's terrible about Obamacare, they don't really want it to stop, though. They don't really want Social Security to stop. They don't want the truth. Well, to remove it is you know to I mean? remove power. So it's like, you know, here, a 70-year-old man married to a 22-year-old stripper. Does he want to know she's not going to the grocery store every day for four hours? He doesn't want to know. He just hopes she's there at night. And that's what has happened to the social benefits that we pretend we earned, that we pretend are real, yeah. Social Security and Medicare, and, and our, own, our own acceptance of reality. We we're don't want to know anymore. We okay? were also talking about Endgame. Yeah. And uh, really, the only way out of a twenty trillion dollar debt that either you or I have so far come up with is you just inflate your way. Well, yeah, I mean, there's, you there's your listen, way out of it. I'll never forget. It was about. Uh, it was when I think Ted Cruz first came onto the scene, and he said, you know, he laid out how you could stop it, and the way you stop it is you absolutely unequivocally freeze all spending. That was you're talking ten years ago, brother. You know, this omnibus bill that we pretend we still would have been in deficit spending. You, you, you got to go back. I remember Mike Pence on the floor when he was a congressman in 2010. This is outrageous. The spending of 2011, you know, he said it was outrageous. It's, it's, it's unimaginable. It's unpatriotic. I got news for you, brother. For us to get back to 2011 spending, we'd have to cut all departments 30%. It would be considered a tremendous deal. And so what has happened is you've been slow, so slow cooked. That I, I think the American people, they don't care, man. I don't think they care, brother. You want to move on to G7? Stuff? I want to move on to G7 to just prove. That, you know, it, it really does flow into what we're talking about. Play, give me some stuff. We went there 
Uh, you know, all the punditry was saying, A, President Trump might not even go to G7. B, we'll never sign a communique because, C, we're not going to work with other people. Well, we did in good faith. I personally negotiated with uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, who, by the way, I basically liked working with, but not until this sophomoric play. I mean, we went through it. We agreed. We compromised on the communique. We joined the communique in good faith. But what did he say that was so offensive? President Trump accused him of lying. Well, he holds a press conference and he said the U.S. is insulting. He said that uh, Canada has to stand up for itself. He says that uh, we are the problem with tariffs. Well, the, the, the infactual, the non-factual part of this was they have enormous tariffs. I mean, they have tariffs so stop on it. certain. Stop it right there. Okay, because this is this has become something that has been a talking point. It's been contorted into where people are arguing. This is the dairy thing. Pretending to be patriotic. But let's explain something. The tariff that they're all exercised about is the problem between Canadian government and its attack on its own citizens. So if you really want to shine a light on the problem with Canadian tariffs, you Send a blitz of both internet advertising and other advertising. This is what you should be paying. Your government has decided you don't deserve to pay that. You need to pay more. The basis of the argument is, well, we're not doing something bad because we're doing the same thing that they're doing that's bad. Now, this comes from this cudlow. Yes. Who I listened to for 30 years pretend to be a capitalist, pretend to be against tariffs, pretend pretend to to understand free markets. And now he's advocating that the answer to this outrageous act by the Canadian government on its people, the that it needs to be met with what? With the outrageous act of the American government taxing its people. Yeah. Because that's what a trade war is, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. It's not about wrapping yourself in a Betsy Ross flag. It's about understanding that your government says you don't deserve to get a value. In fact, if you get that value, it's bad for us. Well, who is us exactly? I thought us is we, the people. Now it's not us? No, it's about pretending you can protect these jobs that can't compete with the actual value delivered to the American people that we want. This is about a government saying, no, 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 I know you want it, but you don't deserve it. And in fact, if you do buy it, you're going to pay us a tax. And what did we create? What did we deliver? What did we store and, and, and get to you? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So it is about a government taxing a fee, extorting you for wanting value. Dairy and food products of a 290, 295 uh, percent. He was polarizing. You know, here's the thing. I mean, he really kind of stabbed us in the back. He really actually, you know what? He did a great disservice to the whole G7. He betrayed. Trudeau did. Yes, he did. Because they were united in the G7. Doesn't Liberty mean you're hour. not supposed to speak. Give us a call. I I, I was dancing to the music. I'm you dancing, were writing baby. something. You weren't, coffee going on. Yeah, you weren't even paying attention. Three one two six four two fifty six hundred. If you care to participate, are you supportive of a trade war? Good for you, because you're going to pay the cost, dummy. This is the Liberty Hour. We'll be back after these commercials. I can call them. This is the Liberty Hour. Here's your host, Sean Thompson, on AM560, The Answer. 
There's a uh, special place in hell for any foreign leader that engages in bad faith diplomacy with President Donald J. Trump and then tries to stab him in the back on the way out the door. And that's what bad faith Justin Trudeau did with that stunt press conference. It's outrageous. So you are to bend knee, right? Bend knee to Peter Navarro. And this is the real culprit. This is the real uh, man behind the curtain. And this is this is a fraud. Peter Navarro is an intellectual, pretend, self-described academic who has never done anything in his life but teach kids at U.S. uh, I think it's USC, right? I believe it's USC or UCLA, but I think USC. Whatever. One of those communist California colleges. He never did anything in his life. No, that would be Calvert. And this, this, and I I know we got the dump on, but this fella... This fella is single-handedly co-opted the power of each and every congressman. This guy, him and that Liza Minnelli lookalike Steve Mnuchin, along with 8-Ball Larry Kudlow and Donald Trump. Gee, I hope my bald spot isn't showing. This is the guy. These are the, these are the cohorts that are making our policies and protecting you from low prices. All right, I got to stop you. Oh, it fires me up. You want something funny? I don't know. Let's laugh a little bit. President Trump tonight teasing as many as 3,000 possible pardons, including perhaps a posthumous one for an American icon. Muhammad Ali. I'm thinking about that very seriously. And some others. In 1967, Ali was convicted of draft evasion. There is one hell of a lot of difference in fighting in the rain and going to war in Vietnam. It would be a symbolic act of forgiveness because the Supreme Court overturned that. That conviction four years later. Know how to report Ali's it. family attorney today calling the idea unnecessary because there is no conviction from which a pardon is needed. Minor detail. If you just said your feet hurt, Mohammed, huh. and had your dad give a check to the congressman, you wouldn't have this problem, right. for God's sakes. The irony, you know, I don't want to take the cheap shot, but the uh, irony of this guy, five to firm, it's all about it. Please. Right. The, the, the man stood on principle, right, right? of a war that yeah. history has shown us yeah. was what exactly? Let him put the cuffs on. What exactly was it? You know, I, I sat next to the, the graduation party. I sat two rows down from a Vietnam veteran. And the, and, and the insult to this man that I, not only is the products that the PX made in, in, in Vietnam, right. which is the laughable, that the Vietnamese describe themselves now, as they did right after the war, as Democrat socialists, yeah. and that the, the real winner of the Democrat nomination was a communist who called himself a Democrat socialist. We got more pardon stuff. Mr. Trump saying it's too early to talk about a potential pardon for former campaign chairman Paul Manafort, whose special counsel Robert Mueller today slapped with new obstruction of justice charges. <laughs> and about the possibility he might pardon himself. Do you believe that you are above the law? No, no. No, I'm not above the law. I do have an absolute right to pardon myself, but I'll never have to do it because I didn't do anything wrong. You're fired. You know, I, I I thought it was a joke. We touched upon it last week with that scumbag Governor Blagojevich. Right. Scumbag. His no, I think he just discovered career. that he can pardon people and he's having a field day with But I'll it. tell you what, this is really, you know, oh, let's, let's celebrate Kim Kardashian got involved. Right. And listen, let it go through the proper channels of the system. I don't like any of this pardon stuff. I don't care. I heard Dershowitz, yeah, I love it. He should, he's got a gut instinct. He should, what do you mean a gut yeah, instinct? Whatever. What about all the money we're wasting on all these cases? Listen, I don't want an I don't want an innocent person to stay in prison. I get it. But let it go through the proper system. I do have one more. Hit it. 
Tonight, the president is also pondering a major shift on pot, indicating he's likely to back a bipartisan effort to ease the federal ban on marijuana. We're looking at it, but I probably will end up supporting that. A position at odds with his attorney general, Jeff Sessions. How long do you think Sessions has to live in that office? First of all, I think he probably hates uh, every minute of it. Hey, but, you he's, know, he's got to be gone. Soon, you know why he? they want to do pot, right? It's not what you think. It's no. not what you see. Hey, coming up to a midterm. It's and the, the Sam Giancana rules of economics. Right. When all else fails, let's keep them high, stupid, and let's charge a high tax on it. It's like Illinois, for God's sakes. It's next. It'll be those ghetto gaming rooms all over the place in the country. This is the Liberty Hour. Is that it, Macbeth? Come on, man. All right. This is the Liberty Hour. We'll be back next week, 10 to 11. I had a lot of fun. Thank you for listening. And uh, we'll talk at you next week. Thank you very much. I have to go home. 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 Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.